it is episode 25 of Blunt Talk with me, Taylor Hart from Respect My Region. And today we are cooking it up in the kitchen with Chef Curry. Hey, come on, come We're on. We're going to whip up some beats metaphorically through conversation. So get with it. We're going to actually chop it and screw it later. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you never know. You never know. Uh, I'm already a little high today. So um, I was dabbing before we got started here. And then I rolled up uh, Sweetwater's Juicy GMO that came into my store um, the other day. And I think it was really funny because I looked and it sounds like a great cross GMO and papaya. Um, but on Sweetwater's packaging, they always put like suggested activity for whatever strain it is. And this one said for meal prep, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Uh, I don't know whether I'm, I'm ever going to start meal prepping, like the actual, like where you prep it out. But my meal prep is usually getting high and then eating. Vaccine. So if that's what they were getting at, then absolutely I would use it for meal prep. Um, so that's what I'm about to spark up. What do you got? What are you smoking on? Plug I got, it, plug it. I got some Florida Man by Lifted. Um, I actually just trying this out for the first time today. And so far, I'm enjoying it. Um, Lifted's always done me very well, so shout out to Lifted as always, yeah. and keep pushing out those quality products because you know the city loves them. So. I love Lifted. I've gushed about Lifted multiple times now on this show, and it was so funny when I started. I was like, no, I don't want to feature the same farm over and over again. But it's like there's only so much on the market out here that you can like smoke through, yeah. and, and I don't want to subject myself to bad weed on this show either. Facts. So I'm just gonna keep featuring them and smoking them because they're one of my favorite farms out here. So. Shout out Lifted. Shout out uh, Lifted. We're going to spark up here and get high. Uh, so if y'all are going to get high with us, spark up now would be the time to do so. Yeah. And shout out to Score, too. I just had some of that hidden pastry. I don't know if you've had that yet. Nope, sure haven't. I don't have easy access to Scored anymore. Um, so I usually don't buy Scored. Although lately, now that it's nicer out, um, I'm more likely to go to another dispensary Facts. to go get my weed. Whereas like during the winter and fall, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to pick it up at work. Like yeah, if we don't got it on our, our shelf, I'm not going to pick it up. But now I definitely go venture out and go uh, to some, see some other stores and what other weed is out there. Um, Cause it's important. And like people like scored are so good. Facts. They really care <laughs> yeah. about the quality of their, of their product like yeah especially just putting on like out-of-towners like people that have never really experienced not just washington itself but yeah. you know the weed the culture everything else yeah and i feel that. like they balance out um like all of these like hype strains and all of these like designer strains or whatever and then just like good old genetics as well you know Facts. what i mean i feel like they have a good balance between experimentation but also like if you don't want any of that frilly shit or that whatever, you know what I mean? Like you can get your, yeah, like, you can get your, you know what I you mean? You can get your fix on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great way to be. I lately like thinking about like some of these companies though, you know, they can't really maintain that balance. A lot of them like do something really well or they do like a certain 
type really well or something like that. Yeah. You know, like I know some farms that are really great at growing sativas. Facts. Give them an indica and it doesn't turn out very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, they specialize in one thing. Totally, yeah. Or like one strain, you know what I mean? Like like beforehand we were talking about like good old classic strains and shit like that and like they're hard to find why am I looking for an ashtray over there? <laughs> um, usually I have like six ashtrays laying around. So usually I can like go wherever and just ash. Anyways, sidetracking. Um, Puffin Farms, Hindu Kush. Like, I don't want to go to anybody else for Hindu Kush. Their okay. genetics are fire for that. You know what I mean? Hindu so I, I feel like, um, you know, some of these farms really need to take that and run with it. Yeah. You know, I feel like Puffin's done a really good job of being like, yo, we grow Hindu and we grow the Hindu. Like, yeah. we need our Hindu. And we have, I have customers who, you know, that's all they get a lot of the times for whatever relaxing whatever pain relieving whatever they're looking for out of it you know what i mean yeah and i think a lot of it um i feel like a lot of that as a business not just really in the weed industry but just in general is specializing in one thing for branding purposes yeah. you know just making because it's like you said like that company might be more known for that one specific strain or yeah. you know there's others out there that they're known for a lot of other different things but totally. being able to specialize in that one field obviously not getting stuck in that one jam but being able to specialize in one definitely helps with like you know just branding and different oh, stuff 100%, like that yeah um do you apply that to uh your beat production and the way that you operate in the music world as well or do you like to expand your horizons and uh and branch out and do a bunch of different stuff i like to do a little bit of both um i mean as far as like the overall music process of how music's getting made i don't really specialize in one more than the other like um, you know, I'm an audio engineer. I'm also an artist myself. That's what I started doing with. Uh -huh. So, and then that led into producing, you know, DJing for other artists and then eventually audio engineering. So, right. um, I've always kind of prided myself on, um, specifically what I'm doing to more not really being tied too much into one and being able to offer it all under one umbrella, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the overall beat production and everything, I definitely, um, I, I say I specialize in one thing, but my inspirations and everything always change over time. Yeah. So I may specialize in one thing for like two, three months and then I'm on to something else, yeah. you know, but you've dialed in kind of like your personal sound to it. Yeah. Word. Yeah. That makes sense, though, because, like, when you're making stuff for yourself, you can develop your own personal sound. But, like, when you're working, on the other hand, you're working with a bunch of other people, it's still good to remain, you know, diverse and hip to other things so that you can help them better their sound, too. Exactly. Reflects on you as the engineer and as, the, and as a producer as well. So Exactly. It's, it's a balance to have. It's an ever-ending battle, really, of keeping that balance between what sounds good to you and what you enjoy musically yeah. versus what other people are going to enjoy, which, you know, you can't, you obviously can't think too, too much into it, into what other people are going to like, because again, you still have to remember, you still have to remember what you enjoy and don't get lost in trying to cater to other people. But uh, overall, just, finding that balance between both i'd say is definitely 
just really where you see most people shine the most. And yeah. like we said earlier, just specializing in one field, a lot of that has to do with just that balance. Yeah. So do you still find that it's hard for you sometimes to find that balance and to work on that? Or... Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause most people like, it's funny. I'm not, I feel like I'm not the only producer that is like this or um, just any musician, but most of my beats get most of my beats that get chosen are the ones that like I wasn't really messing with at first. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like totally. I didn't really like how there was just certain parts where like I either feel like it's unfinished or something like that. But somebody will come across and think that it's fire. Yeah. Like I was just talking to Ill Chris about this last night. Like he was telling me that Just Blaze was founded from um from an A and R. I forget which label it was through but the nr was going through the trash bin of of mixtapes and that's where just blaze was found was shit was in was in the garbage and it's it's kind of funny how that how that happens like that but like you just can't get you can't get too caught up in it you know right. if this is what you ultimately want so it's so funny because like a lot of the times my favorite track on an album is usually like almost at the bottom yeah. it's at the end of the track list or like one of the second to last ones or if you're gonna go old school with it it would have been on the b side of the tape nice. you know what i mean like that's always one of my favorites and and if you look because nowadays you can see people's attention span and how much they listen into an album or something because you can see by the play count on spotify or some shit. Yeah. so you can see that the first chunk of the album is getting the most listens mm -hmm. and that a lot of the times if people just press play, it's only going through a few different songs and then they usually give up and or either that or they shuffle the album and only certain songs get pulled and usually the algor algorithm will pull the most popular songs. And so you can visually see that. So a lot of the times the ones that I like <laughs> have like some of the least plays and I'm yeah. like, y'all just need to press play or keep listening further because it's fire down here. Mm -hmm. So that's so funny because I also feel like that's where a lot of artists, I mean, sometimes they'll put really good songs there, but usually they put the shittier shit down at the bottom because yeah. they're like, yeah, nobody's going to listen to it. I'll yeah. just slide it in here to fill up space or whatever. So I personally feel like it's like a mental, it's like a subliminal, maybe I'm thinking deep into it, but I think it's like a subliminal mental tactic of yeah. like, you put the best song at the bottom so it kind of forces you to listen to every song first before yeah. you get to that you know yeah. so that's i i've tended to notice that a lot but i've also seen like a lot of hits you know they're closer up there but it's never the first song right or i don't i don't see it too too often on or at least for me i don't see it too too often on the very last one yeah but like usually i see i see it mainly like people be saving their hits for deluxes now yeah. yeah and i feel like that's because we've kind of come full circle now back to like the album being uh a thing to strive for now because for a hot minute soundcloud era it was all about just get out single 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 yeah. and honestly single culture <coughs> isn't going anywhere like you're still gonna have your top 40 your billboard charts with those singles on there and everything but i feel like as the listeners are now able to like find their artists a lot easier and the artists that they like and then can be super fans they're willing to sit down and listen to their album all the way through kind of a thing like yeah for example i mean people are still talking about 
Kendrick and Pusha T and, and still fighting and arguing over yeah. this. Over this. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's just so crazy because, like, I'm just looking back a few years ago, like, nobody would have listened to that whole album. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know hella people who didn't like the Drake album and still listened to the entire thing front to back. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like they didn't even like it. And it's crazy because back in the day, you would have to buy the physical of that CD. You'd have yeah. to pay money to listen to the whole thing just to decide that you didn't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and even with CDs, you had control. You still had that a little bit more control than before when you were like using mixtape, actual yeah. mixtapes. You had to listen to the full thing through to yeah. get to your song. Well, you tapes know? was definitely where you had to listen yeah. and people listened, but they listened to one track like over and over and over yeah. again kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's it's crazy that it we just keep doing loops into the same like trends of things in, in music, which is so, so crazy, but, but it's, developing further because of the digital era like yeah. it, it, it's crazy to see um everything kind of come full circle yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah. do you think your production would be different had you had to come up in like the full analog era um maybe a little bit but i feel like i still it just would have been it would have been more challenging obviously because yeah. i couldn't imagine working with like people who do time like 30 40 50 um tracks just for one one song and do different stuff like that because you have yeah. to load each and every individual track onto well you just you know, wouldn't have been able to do that back yeah. then that was how it was done it was yeah. like in as little takes as possible you know uh i was watching i think it was one of the new like letterman's new talk show on on netflix yeah uh, i think i think it was that where he he was talking with billy eilish and she said that she did like over 80 different yep. tracks for her fucking song yeah and that's what i was talking about that's, yeah, yeah it that's nuts but yeah. when you listen to it it sounds phenomenal because she just took the best of the best takes for every little chunk of it and yeah. then it plays through seamlessly but it plays through the best of the best the entire time. So it's wild, but that never, ever would have happened in the fucking analog era. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it still, it still happened. Cause there was a, I forget which Kanye song it was. I think it was the one with Brandy. I'm blanking on the name, uh -huh. but it was something like a hundred. I saw something that said there was 107 different tracks that were on that. Okay, well, Kanye and, does the most for everything, right, so <laughs> right. so uh, that doesn't count. I'm right. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He that was that's he's always been one of my biggest inspirations, and it's like little yeah. shit like that. Like it's very, it's very strategic, very calculated, and that's how totally. I tend to. Um, I always want to move on that type of that type of sphere, but I'm really yeah. saying all that to say like. The 107 tracks, I couldn't imagine working with that many tracks in the 90s, the 80s, because, oh yeah. you know, like I said, you got to load each individual track. That would have took you half a day just to be able to load the tracks up, let right. alone get actual <laughs> work going. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. I mean, but 
Kanye does the most. And so when you eat, sleep, breathe this and, and you do something like that, I mean, you can just see what it turns out to be. So right. sometimes you got to get crazy with it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's and the one. dive deep. He's the one that said it best. What yeah. genius do you know that ain't crazy? Yeah. You know? so. uh, who are some of the other people that kind of have influenced you or like got you to like start? How did you get started in making music and producing and all of that? So originally I got started by being, like I said earlier, I was an artist before right. everything. And I just started writing songs and just rapping to like, I think the first one I ever rapped to was like the stand instrumental or yeah. some shit like that. Like, Classic. Yeah. Okay. Just writing raps and I had no real idea of what the recording process or anything like that was about. Because right. I didn't really I came from a musical family that just enjoyed music, but I didn't yeah. have anybody that made music in my right. family. So it was a lot of um doing my own research and figuring stuff out for myself to where eventually I started producing. Um, I started doing that by after watching straight out of Compton, funny enough. That's, like, that's really funny. That's great though. Yeah. Like my dad grew up in, uh, my dad grew up in South central LA. So I kind of always knew about the whole NWA story. And um, my dad was around not, friends with but around easy -E around that yeah. time because they grew up around the same block so um i knew about it but seeing the visuals of it and seeing you know dr dre punching in the tape with yeah. tupac on uh when they did california love or yeah making that shit it, and the movie was phenomenally done so. that's what i'm saying yeah. like i was inspired it takes a great picture i was just inspired by all of it and i said this is what i want to do I'm making beats that's what's up. Led to everything else, pretty much. Nice. Um, do you, you said you were an artist before everything, but do you find that you like producing more now? Uh, I find it, it comes more naturally to me. Okay. Producing. Like, I put a lot of time and effort into, or not, now I'm not really doing it as much. I'm like kind of just going with the flow and everything. But before yeah. I would put a lot of time and effort into writing songs and being strategic about stuff or trying mm -hmm. to be, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just found that producing and everything else just came a little bit more naturally and spoke more to me. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just what I've developed a lot more of my time to lately up until, I'd say really up until just recently. That's what's up. So yeah, I, yeah, when you when you feel it and, and you you can recognize it too, mm -hmm. and then embrace it, I feel like that's where a lot of the most successful people come from is when they they recognize it and embrace those things instead of trying to fight it and be like, no, I'm an artist. Like I'm I'm not gonna produce. I, I'm an artist. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like that could have easily spiraled out and and gone down the wrong path. So I mean, producing is just as cool though. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> everyone everyone's got their own little escape of you know when they're going through some things and how to release your emotions and how you're feeling yeah. and for some people um it's make writing lyrics for a song and making music and for some people you know for me it's making beats or like you know playing instruments themselves yeah um you know, and that that can go as deep as you know what people do on their nine to five. Like, 
some people work in like I don't know, for example, like the steel industry because that's just what they enjoy to do or yeah. that's what they were raised around. Totally. So it's it just because you get like a runner it's you might have I don't know, I'm taking forever to explain it, but like I get like a runner's <laughs> high. So it sounds weird, but like I get like a runner's high. No, I, I feel that. Yeah. You know? like, uh, when you get into like a really good like groove of it, like and you can hit that like that flow state feeling of it all, you know, that's yeah. I feel like that's when you know that you're doing what you're you're meant to be doing you yeah. know what i mean what you're passionate about or like and it could be like you were saying it could be something like totally random most people associate it with the arts mm -hmm. but it could be in anything you mm -hmm. know when i was in um middle school i think about this all the time when i was in middle school i did four years of woodworking oh, like wow. in an alternate universe like i'm a woodworker you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. in an alternate universe i wouldn't be like selling weed and I wouldn't be like in the music industry and I wouldn't be a writer or anything like this. Like I would be like making shit. Yeah, specifically you know what that, I mean? yeah. Because like I enjoyed it so much, but like realistically and positively, like I'm not gonna be a woodworker in this life. Like yeah. <laughs> this body, this life not happening. Like it, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily meant to be, but I still enjoy doing shit like that. I'm definitely hobbyist of it and all. But like when I started writing articles and I started working at RMR and, and, you know, doing these types of things, like I get the chills, I get the goosebumps, like I get, and there's times when it's like, I worked a full 10 hour shift at work and then I come home and then like, I start working on something and then like, I'm up until 6am because I just can't go to bed because I'm too focused and I'm too like, in my zone to yeah. like stop what I'm doing, you know? And I feel like that's such a good sign. And never would I ever thought that I wanted to be a journalist or like, I I didn't, I guess I kind of had those thoughts in school and shit, but it wasn't like ever serious, Facts. right? I went to college for graphic design and then I thought I was gonna go into like, I don't know, packaging design or something like, I don't know, something corporate advertising or something yeah. like that. Um, instead, I <laughs> I didn't. And I fucking now just smoke weed and listen to a bunch of music and just share it with the community. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what? Like, yeah. like and you, and you such a great life. <laughs> and you start to also realize a lot of just like, you know, I tend to... I, I learn from my own mistakes, but I, I tend to learn from the mistakes of others, too. Yeah. And that also includes, you know, just my family and my parents. Not necessarily, like, mistakes, but decisions that they chose yeah. to make when they had a choice of making different decisions with their lives. And totally. I wanted to making music eventually kind of same type of thing originally i wanted to like i wanted to be a ball player whether it was like yeah. basketball football something like that but yep. eventually things just kind of i don't know weird like spiritual type of things like things yeah. just kind of shifted and my emotions became a lot more attached towards music and you know developing these different relationships with um, not only artists but photographers and videographers journalists yeah. and different types of stuff and i just enjoy working with you know who i 
who I curate seeing and working with everybody and getting yeah. involved in the scene one way or another. The whole vibe of the community, yeah. especially out here. Like I, that's when I uh, really found like people that I connected with. Like I, my parents moved me out to Monroe to finish my schooling out there, which okay. is like. Oh, man. <laughs> Bum fuck nowhere, you know, 45 minutes east, like yeah. the last did little Did you go to Monroe town. High School? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Man, right by the jail. Right Literally, by the jail. Okay, so let me set the scene for y'all. You're out in the country. Like, when you drive into Monroe, you can smell the cow manure, right? Like, you, that's that's what you get when you move to, to Monroe. I was coming from Rendon. We lived, like, Microsoft campus, right? Moved out to Monroe in the cow pastures, and like the high school shares a fence with the prison. Yep. Like they're literally right there. So my parents are like, you can either go to high school or you can go to prison. Like take your fucking pick. You never, know? never really understood the ideology oh. behind that, but. I used to, when yeah. I was playing football as a kid, we'd play at Monroe, oh, and I'm, God. Like, I'm like, why is there a fucking prison, like, right next to the high school? That just sounds dangerous. You guys always beat us? You guys no, always beat Monroe, huh? Always, for the most part, but there was, I want to say there was one time where y'all had us. There was one time. Maybe one time. Our football maybe one team time. was terrible. Uh, we had some good players that would come through, but, like, collectively, the rest of the team was awful. Like, Monroe, like, what? there was nothing to do out there. Yeah. And they didn't really give two shits about sports, quite honestly. Yeah. At least it felt like not a lot of people did. So, yeah. It was, Monroe. like... I don't even remember why we fucking talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> we came, like, I came from Malay Terrace. Like, originally, mm -hmm. I, I grew up in Kenmore, and then I, around... After fourth grade, I moved to the Both area and went to Mountain Terrace. Yeah. So um, just growing up around that, I played football all four years of high school, and we were pretty good in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, one of my biggest memories from that was we went to the playoffs, and the furthest we we had gone, in, at least in my recent times, um, we went to the state playoffs. I think it was the first round. Mm -hmm. And the first play, the first team we played was Marysville Pilchuck, and it was two weeks after the shooting had happened. There. Oh wow! So and they had gone through like they had trained with uh, the UW football team, they trained with the Seattle Seahawks, and like you know, RP to those kids, RP to the kids, obviously, and everything that happened. Yeah. Like it's understandable that like you know, we we kind of had we kind of saw it coming, what was going to happen to us, you know? Yeah. So it was like. You, you, you know, you, you just gotta cut your <laughs> at some point you just got to cut your losses. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, 100%. Damn. And I remember I, sports, man. I remember Austin Joyner just going crazy on us, which shout out to Austin Joyner since he's going, I think he's playing in, in Canada, I think right now for football. Wow. But yeah, he went crazy on us. Yeah. Do you ever but, stop to think where you would be if you had you pursued going into sports? Going into sports? Yeah. Kind of, but I yeah. never like. I never like. I how do you how do you explain it? Like I thought about it, yeah. But I didn't fully. I didn't fully think committed. it through. You know, yeah. Like, I, I never. You. I never thought where my end goal would be in yeah. it, but just the fact of me just being, you know, 
something in football and different types yeah. of stuff. You like, never like saw yourself like, oh, I'm going to be on the Seahawks. Like I'm going to be in the NFL or like, you know. I oh, I saw I, event. There was a point where like I saw myself like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the Seahawks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, dreams. But, yeah, you dream. You dream about it. And then yeah. And then, and then life kind of reels you in and you start to you start to realize yeah. some shit, you know. Life has a fucked up way of doing that. Yeah. Of saying, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Smacking you upside the head. Yeah. My main thing my main thing was just school. Like I honestly I could have continued to commit to it. Yeah. Um, but I had felt like um with my I stopped really started to really give up in school and yeah. just started to think outside of that and more, you know, working, making money, Same. doing that. Yeah. And that's around the time of me stopped playing football was around the same time that I had picked up the music stuff. So it was a lot yeah. of, uh, I started to dedicate more time to that and you know, now we're here. Yeah, (laughs) you know and i feel like you go through so many like transitions during that like time period of your life anyways that it's like you dabble in this you dabble in that you dabble in this and then you hope that you pick up something that like sticks yeah (laughs) and so to figure it out and find it and to find something like like that is is nice you yeah. know not a lot of people have that but there's some people that are like approaching 30 and are still like what the yeah, fuck am I still doing? Like, what the fuck? and i still <laughs> i still do want to go to school at some point yeah. i just at the time i didn't put too too much thought into it but mm-hmm. now that i'm older and can kind of understand it more i definitely want to go back on my own turn on excuse me my own terms yeah and learn because i I enjoy learning. I think it's yeah. I think it's smarter to do it that way. I think it's dumb to dump a bunch of 18, 19 year olds into college and be like, pick something and then yeah, that's what you're gonna up. do. Yeah. You know, if if you're at that age and you've had something that you've been super passionate and you've been working towards throughout school, bet. But that's such a small, small portion of people. Whereas the rest of them are like, I don't know, I'm gonna get a degree in this because this sounds fun or yeah. whatever. And then they never use it ever. Whereas if you would have just like left high school and then spent the rest of your teens and your early twenties fucking around and just doing shit and exploring things, you could go back to college in the later twenties, you know, and into your thirties and actually get a degree that would apply towards a career that you could have. Cause like, I don't know my experience and talking with a million different people, um, you know, I've talked with hundreds and thousands of different people about their lives and shit over the years and everything. and, And everything has told me that you don't know shit until you're fucking like 40 (laughs) and even then a lot of 40 year olds still don't know shit and so like it's okay if you take your 20s to just like explore things like you're young enough to like have the energy to do all of this shit and to like do things you know and like maybe put yourself through some stressful situations just to like experience things you know yeah and people i've noticed a lot of days like people um are having people are having kids a lot earlier now mm-hmm. and like i mean I'm, I'm 23 so i'm around the age now where it's i guess you can kind of say like it's starting to get kind of the age where you can think about that different type of stuff yeah. but i uh, while everyone else is around me is having kids and doing different types of stuff starting families I just feel like I've taken the opportunity to kind of 
make the like you were saying like make those types of sacrifices while i don't have kids and explore yeah. and do all different types of stuff <laughs> see all that shit. i'll be the cool uncle forever yeah. like I, no uh, not forever but i'm 28 let me tell you all of my friends are getting married and starting to have children yeah. and i'm still nowhere near it yeah see, <laughs> uh, like, fuck that take your time with it like yeah. and it's such an overpopulated world too right now and shit. like like yeah, people can still have kids, but like I'm not stressed about the human race dying out and going extinct, so I yeah. don't feel the pressure to need to reproduce. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not stressing about it whatsoever. And the people that are like fed to believe these, like this is what you're supposed to do, like it's that they'll be the ones that will reproduce for everybody yeah. right now. You know what I mean? But like. I don't know. That's a whole big ass topic to go into, yeah. and I don't even want to touch on it with all this fucking Roe v. Wade shit going on right now. Uh, yeah, it's very overwhelming, and I've cried a lot in the past week or two because of it. So uh, we're just gonna go ahead and skip along right past <laughs> this, and we're gonna take a little and get rid of this and spark this other blunt yeah. uh, because <laughs> that's a, that's its own little rabbit hole, but that we don't need to go down today because Man. that sun is shining and. I'm stoned and I don't want to fucking talk about it and uh, deal with that today. So we're going to keep it fucking pushing and Let's... we're going to start up Spark Up Round 2. Let's see. Oh, and we're at the halfway mark right now. Yeah. Look at us with the timing. I um, will say, to I will say, like, in kind of wrapping up that whole thing, I, I'm a firm believer in do what you you know do it do what feels right to you in life and yes, do yes. what do what ultimately you want to do not what somebody else is inspiring well of course you can get you yeah what do, pressures yeah. you to do you know you can take inspirations here and there but personalize that you yeah. know take take all those different things and create something for yourself and that's something that you can pass down when eventually when you do have a family, you can pass that down generation via generation. And that's where that's where life really hits, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's the type of shit I'd be trying to that's obviously like the long term goal, you know. Hundred percent, yeah. But, that's I I can uh, I can resonate with that because that's like my long term, like when I see when I think about myself dying and like people being at my funeral or some shit like that, you know, like I want people to think of like reflecting on my life and being like, you know, she made a great impact on, on my life or like I inspired somebody to do something like to better themselves or to better the world or to, you know, like I literally just want people to live the best life that they possibly can. And that means being healthy. That means taking care of the earth, taking care of yourself, right. you know, a lot of these things and protecting that energy and shit like that. And I right. just want, to advocate for everybody to do that in whatever Capacity. way, yeah, in whatever way that makes you feel good and healthy, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, I get it, we all have vices and shit like that, don't get me wrong, but, like, don't make yourself unhealthy because of those vices. Find healthy vices and shit like that. Yeah. So, and I will advocate dad, for that till my, the day I die. My dad always told me, if you're gonna be a bank robber, be the best bank robber you can be. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, as let's... long as you're healthy, taking care of yourself, not harming people is all I ask. Rob them banks. Like just be, <laughs> be you know, be the best version of yourself. If it comes down to it and times are tough, you know, like be kind and courteous when you're stealing that money. Um, don't kill anybody. Uh I saw a 
fucked up video on Reddit. Sometimes you just know it's time to put the phone down and stop scrolling. Um, I saw a security cam footage of a bank robbery in fucking, I think it was Brazil. I want to say it was Brazil. I don't know why Venezuela is coming up in my head, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it was Brazil. Hey, shout out Brazil. But they, for real, um, but this footage like showed the fucking armed robbery happen and and like dude fucking getting shot and shit like it was oh, gnarly so oh, oh. um yeah uh shout out reddit because you can learn a lot of things from reddit but you can also see some things that you wish you hadn't seen um if it says ns uh think about it before you click on it because it's not safe for work. I feel like I feel like everyone has I think the big thing that people get misconstrued with life, like while we're I guess while we're kinda on that topic, like the big thing that people have a lot of conflict and issues with, a lot of it stems from miscommunication, but a lot of it stems from uh what were we just the just saying like that. <laughs> that's a great question this blunt's got me blunted Facts. and <laughs> a lot of it a lot of, it, of things is difficult <laughs> it has to do with just like miscommunications and a lot of it just over emotional and people don't know how yeah. to people don't know how to handle their emotions they may have 100%. not have experienced how to deal with that type of stuff yeah but you know it you just gotta come with a level of optimism and a level of like understanding but also at the same time knowing knowing your limit and knowing when when enough is enough yeah you know? so yeah yeah society is at a weird spot right now and that's why i just continue to you know talk with people and and just like learn about other people's lives and and how people are feeling because i feel like the only way that we're we're going to move on and, and grow it and get past all of this is if people actually start relating back to each other mm-hmm. and instead of relating to their phone and social media platforms. Right. So I am, uh, I'm not I'm like it, social media is like a, a beautiful eagle. You know what I mean? Like, it's so nice to be able to like connect to people. Like, you know, I was able to fucking, you know, link up with you through DM and I never met you and I'm just like, yeah, come be on the podcast yeah, or anything, you, know, you know, because I can see through social media and, and connect through people that way. So it, it's great, but it's like, you know, it really is a, a double edged sword where shit can, you know, influence people in, in a, in a bad way and, and things can go south or, yeah. you know, there's a lot to it. Um, but there's also yeah. the people that, can influence it in a good way and people that you know you just you learn how to um how do you say it like there's like a certain way of talking especially if you're talking to somebody maybe in like in a conflict situation there's a certain way to talk to people and there's a certain way to get the same point across without being uh, you know, aggressive or being totally. disrespectful, different type of stuff like that. Like, and yeah. that, I think that's where the point I was trying to get at earlier is there's a way of saying meaning and saying the same different things without totally. coming across like an asshole. You know <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, 
So uh, switching it back up just a little bit now, because um, like this kind of applies, um, like you uh, are an audio engineer as well. Right. And so you work with a lot of artists and shit. And so I'm sure that there's been, you know, there's times where you have to give that feedback or that constructive criticism or, you know, because you hear it from a different perspective from what they're hearing and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you have to apply a lot of those techniques when you're talking with people like that, especially right. on a sensitive topic, like people's music and how, you know, how personal it is to them. Right. Um, so do you find that you get into weird, awkward situations like that sometimes um, when you're in the studio or do you just keep, you know, the type of artists around that like you rock with and, and you don't really have to worry about that's kind of weird it's a little bit of both, but at the same time, because I started out as an artist, I I understand through experience that it takes some time to get to the point of, you know, even where I'm at now. Yeah. Like it took all this time of not really knowing anything, not knowing how to punch in, not knowing um, about any of the mixing process, not knowing about delivery, all that stuff like and i think it's just a, people just have to understand and remember that we've all gone through that totally and have a love i i can have a level of patience with someone especially like if it i've had plenty of people where it's their first session mm -hmm. and i remember on my first session like i didn't know yeah. what the hell i was doing i didn't bring no friends no nobody on my first session yeah so. So you had to kind of help walk them through yeah. you know, their first time. <laughs> yeah. I just treat, I just treat in that specific situation, I yeah. treat them how I would have wanted to be treated right. on my first session. Like know the right avenue or try, or at least try my hardest to help and exhaust every possible option I have before just being like, okay, maybe the, this just isn't working, which hasn't really happened up to this point, yeah. but um, you know, it doesn't always work and that's okay. You know, yeah. it's just going to happen. So, yeah. Um, so you're at a studio right now, right? Um, right. Um, I, what studio are you at? I kind of freelance between two studios right okay. now. Just recently I've been working at our travel studios mm -hmm. with, uh, Il Chris Right. and some of his artists um shout out El chris yep shout out my boy El chris yeah he, uh, yep. he you know he gave me the opportunity to be able to help open open doors to a level that i'm aspiring to be on yeah. and i'm able to work out of there while also still being able to work out of jungle gym which is where i first started at which is nice yeah, yeah. and it's nice to have that level that level of trust between um, both studios that you know they always they know what I'm doing they yeah. know what's going on and um, just bring a good vibe bring a good time because that's a, at the end of the day I'm just there to make the best music I possibly can right. so yeah um, you know wherever that is whoever it's with as long as they're with cool people yeah. then that's all that matters to me yeah you know so. That's nice. Uh, who you been cooking up with lately? I've been cooking up with, just recently, um, I'm about to cook up with my boy Vine. Shout out my boy Vine. Okay. 
I've been cooking up with my boy Jay Apollo. Shout out my guy Jay Apollo. Uh, Kid Fuji. Um, a lot of different artists. Um, I have been doing some stuff with Ill Chris as well. Um, and working as far, you know, hoping I can work as far up to, you know, the big dogs at some point. But yeah. I've worked with especially through engineering i've worked with a lot of um a lot of the locals through that and through djing as well and yeah. just meeting people at shows and seeing getting introduced to these people's music that i otherwise might not have heard of mm -hmm. but you know i i've seen plenty of that and it's all like its own process and i don't I don't ever really want to spread myself too thin with yeah. doing like too much at once, but I feel like I just look at it a little bit differently as it's, as it's kind of like, um, think of it like working a line in a kitchen. You know what I'm totally, saying? Yeah. Like there's one person that's starting in the beginning that's prepping whatever. And then it just goes all the way down up until, um, you know, sending the song out to a label or right. drop, making shows doing stuff like that so um i just enjoy having my hand in all the different types of processes overall yeah it's nice to see it from from the start to the finish too you know what i mean yeah. follow it the whole journey yeah. i i'm a big big advocate for that um you know because i i've heard a lot of people um that have just like you know they get in they record and then they're done and they just let other people do whatever you know whether it's hey can you make me a graphic and they have like no hand in 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 the design of it or whatever right. or like you know mixing and mastering as well you know and some people just don't even take the time to take a part of that they just pay somebody else to do it but right. i'm a big advocate and, and people just like following the whole process from start to finish because i feel like you'll appreciate things more too when you you know the whole process of how it takes yeah. and, stuff. Um, and especially as an artist like maybe you don't have to do every do all these different types of processes but knowing about right. it yeah. in the long run is going to be much more beneficial for you if say you know, you do want to get picked up by a label because right. the more they have to provide for you, the mm -hmm. that's more they're going to take out from you. Totally, so it's yeah. like the the less work they have to do and the more just, you know, they just hand you the finances and you figure out what to do with it and you'll yeah. have an equal partnership or however you do it. Yeah. Um, you know. You just don't want to you don't want to get yourself involved in a situation you don't necessarily want to be in because you don't really know you right. know yeah ignorance so, isn't always bliss exactly yeah you don't want to get fucked over especially in a shysty industry such as music you know yeah. as as much as we all always want to be like kumbaya and say that the industry is getting better and more like you know, uh, transparent and shit like that. It's still pretty fucked shysty and, yeah. and whatnot. So you gotta be, you gotta be knowledgeable and you gotta like learn about it. If you're going to be in this industry and you're going to be working on it, even in like a, a smaller scale, you should still be knowledgeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just gotta do it at the end of the day. Like, yeah. Like Nike lot, says, just do it. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of my more recent work and me more like I've been doing this for years, but I've only really been coming up more on the scenes mm -hmm. as of recent. And that's just from um, looking, 
less for like validation from other people and just more yeah. of just hunkering down and taking it almost like having to take it personally to yeah. just like uh, as motivation you know yeah. just to be like okay i just need to i just need to come with better music i just need to make a better product i need to do this i need for to sure. do that like it's just less thinking of it in more of like an envious way and thinking of it like why the fuck am i not up then and more of just it just means you need to work harder you know keep pushing and, keep and you, one foot in front of the other just exactly. keep walking just keep going um so do you have any anything coming out uh soon or, or you have any like dj gigs or what you got looking ahead towards the future i do i got um coming out soon i'm gonna be coming out with the tape with my boy jay apollo okay. i got my own i'm working on my own music um that'll be coming out soon roughly mm -hmm. kind of map out um in the same type of time frame maybe you never know i could use one of those songs for my own tape or something like that oh, yeah. um i got a couple events coming up july 29th um Damn, I'm sleeping on I'm sleeping on the venue name, but brand new brand new venue, uh, it's up in Everett. That'll be right. that'll be where it's at. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. July 10th, I'm gonna be DJing for DB about a bag and Coplo, uh, I think is how you say his name. But I'm gonna be okay. with them. Um, so there's a lot, oh. you know, lots to going on. Lots a couple of things on. to to go check out and shit. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, we're running out at the fucking end of the hour already. Uh, it goes by quick like that a lot of the times. Uh, and uh, it's just all of a sudden fucking 50 minutes in and we're wrapping up for the for the episode. Yeah. Um, I'm clearly very stoned. Um, <laughs> this uh, GMO papaya juicy GMO fucking shit from Sweetwater is like a really nice it, I mean, it's stony and kind of heavy like that GMO, but like I was hoping for that papaya really kind of just like mellows and smooths it out. Um, and so this has been a, a really nice kind of a social yet, um, I don't know, floaty kind of, yeah. kind of high to it, which yeah. has been really nice for this. A good overall time and a great time to be able to, you know, have a, you know, I know it is meeting our first time together. Yeah. At the same time, we're having you know good conversations. That, Absolutely. You know, opens doors for more opportunities. Yeah, so. and I mean, there's a couple of opportunities this month to go check out what you're doing. Um, but where can people follow you to um, stay in tune and on what you what else you got going on and shit like that? So. So main social that I be using is Instagram. That is at Chef Curry two hundred six. Uh, which will be down below most most of everything is going to be down in the same handle so my twitter yeah. um i haven't really came up with a tiktok yet but i'm sure i'll just use the same name just to keep it simple <laughs> you know yeah i don't be on tiktok like that yeah me neither i, I need to that's and that's the, that's the downfall of social media is that it's uh, again it's a necessary evil it's yeah. like damn if i want to be popping right now i gotta be on tiktok yeah. like 
personally my soul like i don't want to be spending all this time on fucking tiktok yeah. and doing all like some of these videos like i know what it takes to go into the, these video edits and shit like that like that is so goddamn time consuming and that's what i'm saying and i'm a i'm, I'm a that. extroverted introvert. like <laughs> yes. I, don't always, I don't always like showing face all the time you know yeah i am so. definitely like i like going out and i like experiencing things but i don't really feel the need to like always share it with people exactly and just be like hey look at what i'm doing look at what i'm doing look at what i'm doing yeah. look at me, look at me. like i'm not gonna be like that so yeah. um i feel that i'm only really on a couple of the platforms too so if you're you ever looking to sign me just know that whole doing the the daily vlogs and stuff you gonna have to get a videographer to do that because <laughs> i'm not doing that myself it's just not like, gonna happen so uh you know negotiate a good contract and sign uh, Chef Curry. Hey, man. I'm just saying. Hey, become man. scented with ginger and turmeric and saffron and plenty of other Indian spices. And loud pack. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, this has been episode 25 of Blunt Talk. Um, here with Chef Curry uh, and we're both pretty stoned and had a, a wonderful conversation. I'm Hell glad yeah. you could come through because um, uh, you're representing and rocking with a lot of people that I honestly haven't even heard of. Yeah. So, hey, man, I'm rocking with this. The North Side. It's yeah. The north side. The it's north nice to broaden, up, broaden the horizons. I lived out in Mount Lake Terrace for uh, a short while myself. And oh, there shit. you go. Um, and even in Mukilteo too. So yeah, I've, so I'm I've sure lived you know. in some places, you know. Yeah. So um, so it's nice to be able to, you know, get some insider information on, on some of these other areas and pockets of the city because it's uh, it's talked about a couple of times on the show where it's it's hard to figure out who's in these other neighborhoods because like it's just like it is geographically. You can't see the other neighborhoods. You can't hear the other neighborhoods. It's exactly. like this, see no evil. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of some weird shit, but mm -hmm. hey, man, that's that's where I grew up. That's the North yep. End, and that's what that's what's coming up. You know what I'm saying? The South End got their own their own wave. Shout out yeah. to the South End. They got their own their own wave in the North End. That's where yeah. we at. So if you're tapping in with me, you're tapping in with the whole North End at the end of the day. Represent. So. Come on, north side. Yes, that's what's up. The north side. North side shit. Uh, so yeah, thanks for opening up the map and showing me, you know, speaking on some of the people that are up there that you've been working with and shit. So I'm excited to connect further and to keep checking it out and shit. Cause that's like I said, everything that I like to do is just connect with people, smoke with people and chop it up about music. Yeah. So I appreciate you for coming through and I appreciate y'all for always watching and rocking with me. Um, and I know that y'all stay with me next week. Uh, next Saturday, I will be back uh, with another blunt and another guest. Um, and it'll be a great, great time. So um, for now, um, I'm going to finish this blunt and uh, we're going to finish the stream. So I will uh, see y'all.